Welcome to the Bell Ringers Teaching Podcast. All right, welcome to season two, episode three. Young, how's it going? It's going all right. I'm everything is wonderful and great, except I am totally exhausted and I would like more hours in the day after school. But I also want to get a lot of sleep. So I don't know how to do that. Although you've been coaching, it sounds like. So I'm sure that, yeah, yeah, I never bothered with any of that. (laughs) Mostly because I didn't do sports. (laughs) Yeah, no, um, these past two weeks have just been filled with games just because of how scheduling worked out. It mm-hmm. was basically like an end of the year tournament. And so it was like one after the other after school. And but now we're done. And now I can actually put more energy into teaching, which is great. But I also love coaching. So it's good. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure that's a great way to, you know, build relationships and, and see, I think it is really valuable. I love seeing like the talents kids had outside Mm -hmm. of the classroom. Also, this sounds fun, but it was really fun to just like blow my whistle and just yell at kids. Like it's just run. Like you're not doing what I want you to be doing. Just run a lap. That was really fun. That Um, is nice. So like as coach, you can be a little bit scarier. Yeah. Mm. It's a good release. Take more of like a Roy Kent Kind exactly of as opposed to a ted lasso in the classroom mm-hmm. right you can be like yeah. classroom i got to go in an eighth grade u.s history classroom so i was like oh, so excited and and i and i basically just kind of offered hey i'd love to you know i'm happy to i mean the teacher had some interest in edu protocols and i said i'd be happy to you know kind of model how it's supposed to go and what the flow is all about And they were open to that. And so the topic was, you know, it it was, oh, like the constitutional compromises. Okay. And, oh man, I don't know. It was, it was okay. It was just okay. And I will Mm -hmm. admit I did it for two different hours, you know, so, um, and I think, you know, the one hour is definitely more of a challenging hour and it was a Friday afternoon, Mm -hmm. right? So it's hard to really engage kids that, um, that's already kind of a hard group to, to engage from what the teacher says and it's Friday afternoon. Anyway, so in my head, I was thinking, oh, sketch and tell, that would be really good because, the teacher was leaning toward thin slides, but that didn't feel like for Virginia plan and New Jersey plan, mm-hmm. great compromise. Like it didn't really feel like thin slides would work. So in my head, I thought sketch and tell. So then what I did, I don't know. So I, I just... I struggled because I didn't feel a ton of engagement. So what I did decide, you know, as far as, because I'm not the regular classroom teacher and kind of sharing out the slides and and managing that, I was a little worried. So I used Nearpod and I I do feel like that was a good move because it was really easy to just, especially with a sketch and tell, you know, just push out a draw it slide. Mm -hmm. Um, 
you know, so sketch and tell you there, they have a topic, they sketch it out on one side, then they talk to a partner about what they drew and then they write about it. Okay. So, yeah. So, and part of me was like, oh, maybe they can each have different ones and talk to each other, but it felt like it would be a little too scattered that way with that concept. So I thought, well, we'll have them all do all of them. And we'll push it out in Nearpod. That way they all have the opportunity um, just using the draw it slide. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Can I ask I, a question of, yeah. was this like, I, I'm assuming like they um, were introduced to like the different plans. And so they should know about them and be able to talk about them. So. Okay. Okay. (laughs) And I guess, and that, and that gets to a little bit where I think, you know, I'm just trying to troubleshoot in my head, you know, where things went a little south and it's not even like they went terribly, like they Mm -hmm. didn't, it didn't go terribly, but I was just feeling like, Hmm, I feel like I should be getting some more engagement here. So first, my first thought is, you know, as far as why didn't I get the amount of engagement I felt that I should have? Uh, first, first reason being, I do think I tried to pack in a little too much content, um, you know, because they, they weren't familiar with it. Like they, they were familiar with the articles of confederation. They'd wrap that up. They'd realized, you know, articles of confederation aren't, aren't going well, And then, so they had, this was the first time they'd been introduced to this piece. And so I do feel like I tried to pack in too much content with explaining the concept, which this is one of the things I wondered, I'm like, Hmm, maybe I shouldn't have, you know, explained the concept. Maybe I should have had them explore, like found some links, some quick links, um, potentially even like the tiny little textbook sections um, for them to uncover instead of me talking at them and, and realizing, I guess that's what I kind of realized, right? Like I was talking at them whole group. I mean, I had the visuals up there too, but I don't think they, you know, who's really listening to you when you're talking, (laughs) this is what, you know, this is what an experienced teacher comes to think of like, Mm -hmm. you can be up there talking to the whole group. And that doesn't mean they're listening, not mm-hmm. at all, you know? And so that was one of my thoughts. There was too much of me talking and them perhaps probably not listening and me trying to, you know, do a little too much content. Cause I did end up, you know, in the first round, I did it for two periods. First round, I, I spent too much time originally. So I think, you know, the less important things we didn't have as much time to do, and so then the next ones, I kind of split it up, right? So for like New Jersey plan, they sketched, but then they didn't do the rest of it. And then Virginia plan, they, I think they told, they write it, mm-hmm. wrote it down. Uh, and then another one, I gave them the choice. Do you want to sketch or do you want to tell? It's up to you. But we didn't really do a whole lot of like complete sets of the sketch and tell. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I felt like I probably tried to do too much content. That's that's pitfall. Yeah. And so you have a slide for Virginia and a slide for New Jersey. 
and you're trying to get through both of them to sketch and tell. Well, and then the great compromise. Okay. Then even more, try to do even more after that, right? With like the three fifths compromise. And, you know, so it did, it just, there was too much, Mm -hmm. probably too much. I needed to whittle that down. I think I got, you know, just excited. And and I think this is what happens too, right? I'm like looking at the textbook section, Mm -hmm. trying to guide me. And it's just like, eh, there there was too much there. And, you know, Yeah, I think I probably could have stuck with just the three, Virginia plan, New Jersey plan, great compromise. And I think the teacher would have been fine with that. And Mm -hmm. the other thing I think I (laughs) come to find out, because of course, when I did kind of the planning session with the teacher, Mm -hmm. we didn't have as much time as you'd hope. And that's just how things go. And so the other thing is, the students had not done a sketch and tell mm-hmm. before. Okay. Yeah. And so it's like, oh man, I think had I done, you know, here you are talking, thinking about time, but had I done at least one rep of just some nonsense topic, right. Of mm-hmm. the sketch and tell, I think then they would have gotten the overall flow and then perhaps maybe small chance that with if they know we're doing more of these if they hear me blabbering on about the virginia plan they know oh i'm going to be sketching about it sketching and telling Mm -hmm. about it maybe i should pay attention or clue in Mm -hmm. a little bit more so perhaps perhaps i think that's the key i especially with them um well first of all like hearing you talk and like explain what these different plans are. That's that's a block that they have to get over in the first place. But like having to deal with new information and then on top of that, trying to figure out sketch and tell, mm-hmm. I think that was just too much. Just because like I there's just too much for them to do in such a little time. I I think that's the crux of it. Like I mean, I reflecting on it, I talked, you know, the teacher and I were talking about doing a cyber sandwich and I, mm-hmm. I said, I think it's worth it to do a quick round of it yeah. with, uh, you know, a non-academic topic. And I guess the, the tip of the day on that um, from experience edu protocols teachers is to not do necessarily a text-based text-based cyber sandwich but to do like a, a commercial mm. like a quick commercial like a, a the recommendation one of them was the the tracy morgan rocket mortgage one like don't you know make sure you're certain or right. anyway so like kids can get the main idea of a commercial and even yeah. you know, take notes about oh this point they you know you should be certain that you have all the snakes you should be certain that you know it won't hurt when this wrestler body slams you you know mm-hmm. they're picking up on that and they can they can manage that um so i think the old adage go slow to go fast is very true so yeah i i definitely yeah taking some time to do one rep with something low cognitive load is really gonna is really gonna help so how come you yeah. didn't uh how come you didn't stick with or go with thin slides or iron chef mm, well thin slides i just didn't feel you know when you got 
large state plan, small state plan. I just mm-hmm. didn't really feel like one picture, one image, you know, they're just going right. to find an image of like Virginia and that's mm-hmm. really not going to speak much right. to this particular plan. So thin slides I ruled out. Mm-hmm. I did consider Iron Chef, but I, again, thought that one would be a little bit more complex mm-hmm. uh, of a process. And then I did ultimately though, I kind of kicked myself because I was like, ah, a number mania would have been, mm-hmm. you know, better ultimately, right? Cause you, they talk about the different houses, having two houses, one based on population, one equal per state. And then like the three fifths compromise, that's, you know, totally gonna lend itself to a number mania. So I was like, oh, man, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? Anyway, because, yeah, I I do feel the kids kind of like after I explained them, even if they listened (laughs) and like followed and and all that, they're kind of like, well, what do I draw? I have some thoughts and I think, but I don't know, like I have some ideas, but I don't know what edge protocols can go along with them. So um, in my mind, like when I heard about this, I was thinking, oh, man, it would have been really good to kind of divide the class or into different groups of you're doing Virginia plan, you're doing New Jersey plan and you read about them, like more like jigsaw, right? You become an expert and then you actually become a huge proponent of that New Jersey plan. And then you meet with a Virginia plan group and you have to kind of duke it out and explain the pros of your um, plan and so on. And then I guess some hero comes in with the, the compromise right or I don't know how exactly how that could work but I was thinking maybe you know like first you would talk with your Virginia group people all together so like come to a solid understanding of the plan um, and then break out and try to convince the New Jersey people uh, and that's all I got right now that's it's a half-baked plan I I would put that a little bit more in the simulation category. Mm -hmm. So I definitely quite regularly did that with like the election of 1860. I'm pretty sure I found it online somewhere, but you know, you had these, I had these different readings that I Mm -hmm. found and, you know, and that was your group, right? So you were Southern farmers or you were Northern merchants or you, you know, you had a particular category, you read up yourself. Okay. This is what I want. You know, these are the big deals to me. Um, and then you met with the other people. So you met with the other Southern farmers and talked about, okay, are we clear about what it is that we want? Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of like jigsaw groups, um, right. and cause then, then you split them up into mixed groups and then, and decided, okay, this is, you know, and they're getting mad. This isn't what we want. And then you had one group that was Abraham Lincoln and, and Abraham Lincoln <laughs> went around talking and, uh, and then, and I know I found this online and then, cause I remember I always did the speeches of the different mm-hmm. candidates and, and then people would vote. And Abraham Lincoln would win because yeah, mm-hmm. his message did, you know, best fit, but the Southern people were so mad about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and it was a good, anyway, so that was more of like a simulation. Actually. Right. Okay. Um, anyway, so yeah, that was my, my experience and just going around to different 
um, you know, building, just thinking about keeping kids engaged. I just feel like it's pretty tough to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, partly I'll go ahead and like everybody else blame like virtual learning, perhaps, you know, mm-hmm. they're so used to maybe tuning in camera off in bed yeah, and, and, you know, getting away with that, not just getting away with it, but just you know, liking that. And now Mm -hmm. here they are, they're all, they're all back to like this regular schedule in person. Um, and then, you know, just thinking about from the, the teacher perspective, attention spans, and can you really expect a whole group of kids you know, maybe at the elementary level, but even then, no, because they're younger and their attention spans are pretty bad then too. You know, so it's like, can you really expect a large group to pay attention to you for a long period of time? Mm -hmm. So how can you, I think it really calls for this restructuring really of, of what your classroom looks like. And number one, just having students be more active. They're in the driver's seat. They're doing the work, not Mm -hmm. you. Um, And, or, you know, just having kind of small group rotations going on. I know, again, that's kind of like an elementary model to do that small group instruction, Mm -hmm. but I think, how are you going to, how are you going to get a somewhat disengaged 12 year old, 13 year old to listen to you about, you know, history? (laughs) I think maybe when you're having at least that smaller group, you can get a little bit more of that attention engagement. I don't know. How have you been finding that? I I think sixth graders in some ways are in a, in a good engagement spot. Yeah, they, I would say it's more of them needing um, redirection or prompting a lot more. Also depends on the kid, of course, like there's such a wide spectrum of, um, I guess, matureness or school skills Mm. of, that jump to middle school and just like maybe like situational awareness of, Oh, like my classmates are taking notes or they have their book open. Maybe I should too. Um, there are some kids who have that and those who are working on that. Um, and I think engaging the students hasn't been that big of an issue for me right now or, or yet. Um, yet it's more of just getting them started or keeping them going or try to keeping them free from distractions, which is impossible. (laughs) Right. But it sounds like you've got a good, you're in the beautiful edu protocol groove, at least Mm -hmm. in one subject area. So, you know, tell me more about that. Right. So like I said, like the past two weeks, I've just been really busy with thinking about coaching soccer and all that. So there was not a lot of like brain space for, what am I going to teach these two weeks? And luckily, like I had my students prepped from pretty much the first day of school with like emoji paragraphs. Um, and like I introduced Buka Kucha a little bit at the beginning. And some of that like carried over, I always had to like um, give them refreshers. But these past two weeks, I, I teach yeah, like three days a week. So Monday, um, Tuesday and Thursday for the longer block periods. And every day on Monday, I think now students know that, hey, we're going to do an emoji 
like power paragraph and maybe it will be a nacho paragraph um it's all up to how mr kim is feeling that day but <laughs> they know on monday they're doing the emoji and then on tuesday they're basically doing the same thing but they have spelling words so i have them choose 10 out of 20 spelling words and i say okay these are your emojis i guess and you gotta make a paragraph out of these 10 spelling words that you can choose um and usually on Tuesdays, there's an extra step where they have to um, copy and paste it into a Google form. And then they have to go find um, the link to the spreadsheet and then bring that and grab someone else's paragraph and then put it into their document. So there's a lot of more moving parts. But once they've seemed like they got it, then it kind of goes a little bit more smoothly. And then Thursday, they take spelling tests and then do eight parts. And after that, they are reading a book, which we're doing a novel study on. And that's all Buka Hucha, like a novel notebook. And they pretty much know what to do. Um, and I didn't even have to think about ELA. It's just posted on Google Classroom. They know what to do. I know what to expect. Everyone's happy. And then time flies and it's the next class. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful thing to be in your, you know, first year of teaching and mm-hmm. all these, all these preps you have, you know, and to have like basically, you know, a great plan, right? It's a mm-hmm. great plan. Kids are doing it. They know what to do. They're comfortable. They're writing, you know, and, and you, got to go and write. You're not stressed yeah. about, Oh man, what am I going to do? I got to come up with something exciting for tomorrow. You know, it's like all set to go right? Like maybe yeah. it was first, like wavy at first, a little rocky, but now it's like smooth sailing. Now I can um, actually like, um, zone in and look at specific, like writing things that I want them to focus on, uh, because they have the foundation. They know everything that's been going on and I think actually just having these two weeks of me not really being able to like introduce new things has been really great for them because they're getting those reps in and they're really understanding oh like in ELA at the beginning we're always doing this and then they're getting pretty good at it I would say um the one thing that I need to do better on and I actually did this on Thursday was I've been giving them too much time like when they're writing um, because I want, I want to keep things moving. And so on Thursday, I actually set up a 10 minute timer on the, and I put it on the projector on the board um, because in, on days past, I would just say, all right, you, we're going to do this in 10 minutes. And I'll just look at the clock and maybe like check some emails or do something else. And then it's like 15 minutes gone and they're still not done. Um, but like putting that, YouTube timer up on the board holds me accountable so that when the timer goes off, I, I need to say, all right, should I give you five more minutes to do this? And then it's kind of like a contractual, like students understand like time is up, but Mr. Kim is giving us an extra five minutes rather than like, you know how teachers say like, all right, you have 30 seconds left and it's three minutes long or something like that. Like that's what I've been doing. And so putting that timer up on the board um, I guess, engages students. Um, well, and when you talked more. about like needing to redirect them and like, mm-hmm. you no, know, I think that's a big thing. Oh, we've got 10 minutes. Right. But mm-hmm. we know that really means, you know, right. 
Um, and so what are they going to do for the first 10 minutes? They're going to like goof off or, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe not really get working. And I think it's in the books even, gosh, it's like called Parkinson's law where basically yeah. you can say that they have, and, and this is totally me as a teacher, I'm going to sign this project to you and, and you're going to, you're going to start thinking about it right away tonight, mm-hmm. you know, and you're going to start brainstorming and, and probably in a couple of days, you're going to start drafting and then you're going to have it done early. So I can look it over and then you're going to mm-hmm. make your final edits and you're going to turn it in on the due date. And it's going to be a lovely thing. Right. And that is not at all what happens, <laughs> right? Like you do it. <laughs> if it's due in two weeks, it's on a Friday, you are doing it Thursday night. And I don't, you know, like this is just how we operate. We operate, you know, in the present. And, <laughs> and so I think by having that timer and holding to it, it's going to keep everybody, uh, you know, hopefully yeah. doing the task at hand and not losing interest. Cause that's the right. other thing. Yeah. Keeping those reps, keeping them fast paced and, and quick feedback as well. I think um, one of the things that I was concerned about was I have maybe about a quarter of the kids who can finish within the 10 minutes every single time. And then for half of them, it's a challenge, but they can get it done. And then the last quarter probably, um, need a little bit more time, but especially if they're distracted, it's not going to go so well. And so trying to like balance that where you want to be challenging the, I guess the faster kids and, but also just like accommodating the speed of some of the, the kids who need more time, um, whether that's distractions or just like their typing abilities, even mm. that's another thing I've noticed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, and I'd even say it's like they could use voice typing in Google Docs, but if everybody's mm-hmm. doing that, right? It's a, I don't know that it works very well. Yeah. I mean, maybe if they can spread out enough in class, which they might be able to, you could make it work. But I do think, yes, typing indeed. But that's another, it's like a little bonus skill. They get, they'll get better at typing. Yeah. The more they do it, the better. Something, and I'd be interested to hear as you keep on going. Yes, you want to keep it fast, but I think for some kids whose process is processing um, is much slower, um, you know, that can be challenging. Um, I know last time you were getting some new students, and so you were a little concerned because you just taught, you know, everybody was getting it. So, how did that go? Were, were the other students able to like, teach them and show them what to do or, or how did it go having a new, new student or two come in when everybody's already kind of got the flow of these edu protocols. Right. So it actually went really well. And the, the students who had experience with it was able to help out the new students. And so for me, that was really nice because on top of the students who should know how to do it, asking me questions about like, Ms. Kim, what are we doing? <laughs> and having some of the other students like tell and teach the new students at the same time has been like really helpful from like a teacher sanity perspective, but also just like seeing that, oh, like these kids really do get it enough to be able to teach the others or even just say, hey, like it's always on Google Classroom. Like 
have you checked there or like even just like like oh my internet's con- not connecting and they keep saying like hey refresh the page and even like little things like that has just been like fun to see students helping each other out um and as far as like getting the edge protocols down um like of course the first week was kind of rough but now it's pretty much no problem it's just the same problem as um becoming faster getting better and we'll see where we are in like January or April. Oh man, it just seems like education in the past and 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 how our teacher programs prep us somewhat. It's like very teacher controlled. And right. and really what I think what people need right now or what students need right now is to 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 for them to be in charge and for them to be creating and for them to be doing that's awesome that that seems to be that they have ownership over these and know what they're doing and, and I that think, you can hand over uh, that control and when you mentioned that I, our school is, has been talking a lot about especially in like the middle school level just how much do we want to balance um having students take ownership of their own learning and how much do teachers want to step in and um, I guess maybe not like handhold, but just like prod them a little bit more, right? Um, and I think a, a subtle but important step is giving students ownership of their classroom and more of the, the teaching and the learning space. Yeah. And that's, of course, where protocols are nice because for you and for them, they know what to expect, right? Mm-hmm. And so they can feel that that ownership and control because, oh, I know what this is. I know what to do. Mm-hmm. And, and that feels safe and that feels good for them. Um, and so so while the repetition, I always wanted to mix things up. It's like, ah, you know what? There's there's a lot of lot to be said about routines, mm-hmm. but a routine that you know, not that's teacher centered and all about control. Oh, this is how we move our desks. This is how we move through the hallway. Um, but you know, oh, this is more, you know, learning centered. Um, what's your, you know, what's your next subject that you want to really edu protocol I think, um, I'll go with social studies next. I, I really don't know what to do. Um, or I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I think that's the next thing because we meet four times a week, um, Tuesday through Friday. It's uh, about 15 minutes each. So I think if I can get some sort of a system down, like on Tuesdays, we do this, what Thursdays we do this, I think that could help out the students a lot more. Um, now, there needs to be some wiggle room just because it's a variety of content or like how much content is going to depend on the unit. But I think at least having some, maybe even like a geography map skill or something like that at the beginning, that could be fun. Mm -hmm. I've been plotting as well of like an eight parts for maps. Ooh, Mm -hmm. that, that would be great. Well, awesome. Well, it was great chatting about how edu protocols are going. It sounds like, you know, things are moving forward. And mm-hmm. I think um, our encouragement to all teachers, right, is how how can you engage your students? And of course, we think edge protocols are a great answer to that. Um, but, you know, there are some bumps along the way. And, right. 
and making sure you refine those and don't give up on them and uh, keep with the, the principles of, you know, lots of reps, fast feedback, quick pace. All right. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening to this episode. Please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and please follow us on Twitter at Bell Ringers Show.